You're listening to Her Brilliant Health Radio, episode number 36. She used to deliver babies, but now she delivers exceptional wellness for women. Welcome to Her Brilliant Health Radio, where holistic women's health expert and board-certified OBGYN Dr. Kieran Dunstan shares revolutionary insight from leading experts on what you need to know today to treat the root cause of disease, heal, and create the radiant health you've been searching for. This episode of Her Brilliant Health Radio is brought to you by The Shine Shake, energizing, detoxifying, balancing shake, your 18 gram protein, low carb breakfast meal replacement shake, vanilla latte flavor, tastes great, no blender needed, just put water in your shaker bottle, shake it up, and you're out the door. Clean, healthy caffeine to help you decrease inflammation and have clean energy all day while you're nutrifying and detoxifying and balancing your body. The Shine Shake, available at kierandunstonmd.com. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Her Brilliant Health Radio. So glad that you could join me today. Today my guest is Dr. Suzanne Bennett. She has a wonderful new book out I'm excited to tell you about. It's the latest craze in dieting that's thousands of years old. You'll want to know about this one because instead of a deprivation diet where you take things away, it actually adds things in and helps you lose weight. Let me tell you a little bit about my friend, Dr. Suzanne Bennett. Dr. Suzanne Bennett is a holistic chiropractic physician with over 30 years of clinical experience and advanced studies specializing in allergies, gut and autoimmune disorders, environmental and longevity medicine. Utilizing integrative and functional medicine, Dr. Suzanne collaborates with patients of all ages to gently and safely care for a wide range of illnesses, incorporating Eastern and Western modalities, as well as orthomolecular nutrients and detoxification formulations into her treatment plans. She is the number one best-selling author of Mighty Mito, Power Up Your Mitochondria for Boundless Energy, Laser Sharp Mental Focus and a Powerful Vibrant Body, and The Seven Day Allergy Makeover, a simple program to eliminate allergies and restore vibrant health from the inside out and her newly released book, The Kimchi Diet, Revive Your Gut, Get Lean, Live Longer, sharing simple health strategies to help you start feeling better today is one of Dr. Suzanne's passions. And she's the dedicated talk show host of Wellness for Life on Radio MD and iHeartRadio. As a mentor and lecturer, Dr. Suzanne frequently speaks to professional and consumer audiences globally on women's leadership and health and wellness strategies. Her work has been featured in numerous television outlets and publications, including ABC Family Channel, Fox News, Extra NBC, Good Day LA, Marie Claire, First for Women, Women's World Magazine, Women's Health, and OK Magazine. Please welcome Dr. Suzanne Bennett. Hello, Kieran. Dr. Kieran, I'm so happy to be here and to be able to talk to you about all the fun things that we're going to do today about health and wellness and how to power up your body. 
Yes, and we're going to start right there because lots of people have low energy, women in particular. We really go, 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 do, 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 and then we suffer. And so one of the things that I want you to talk about is mitochondria. There's so much information out now about mitochondria and people hear about it. They might not know what mitochondria are, how it's associated with modern disease, and what got you interested in that? And then let's talk about it. Well, these mitochondria, you know, we probably all learned about mitochondria in eighth grade, right? Biology. And we learned about these little organelles that sit inside each cell of our body that produce energy, ATP, which is the currency of, of the mitochondria, meaning that's what our body runs on. Our body runs on energy and it's called adenosine triphosphate, ATP. So we've got thousands, millions, I should say trillions of these mitochondria in our cells. And some Cells have a lot more than others. For instance, our muscles, our heart, our brain, our eyes. These are all that's constantly working all day long, every moment of the day. So we've got a lot more mitochondria because they need energy, right? The thing about um, mitochondria is that it's, it works with your metabolism. And what I mean by that is that mitochondria, its biggest role is to optimize your metabolism, the rate of you burning fuel. So what it does is in mitochondria takes food and air, puts it together, whatever we eat and the air that we breathe, and then it produces energy. And that is what is, is the process of metabolism. So many of us suffer from met metabolic issues. We're fatigued. We've got brain fog. Uh, we can't think straight. We can't sleep really well. We've got digestive issues. We are complaining of aches and pains and, and all that, you know? And for me, it was actually a traumatic brain and neck injury that I incurred in, um, gosh, I was 48 years old, which is nine years ago. Wow. When, yeah. That's when I had the most severe injury I've ever, ever had. And um, you'll appreciate this because of the, the, the condition I ended up happening. Since you're, you're a gynecologist, you know a lot about amenorrhea and all that. But at 48 years old, uh, when I got this injury, what happened was I basically- Yeah, what happened? Yeah, it, it was crazy. I stood up into an open um, upper refrigerator door. My freezer door was open. I didn't know, you know, I was getting something to pick up an ice pack that fell down and it swung back around and boom, I literally stood up straight into this open door. My head and neck went into this accordion and uh, the moment I had an impact, I had shocking neurological symptoms down my arm and my legs. So I knew right away. I mean, as a doctor, I knew, oh my gosh, this is severe. Because you, you don't ever feel both, all four limbs right. having numbness and tingling. Mm -hmm. And almost like, you know, you hit your funny bone, right? Your, your elbow, you got that oh, awful pain, nerve. Yeah. This is not a funny bone. <laughs> this is not a funny bone. Exactly. Karen, it was so bad that I actually thought... Because in the days and weeks that it started, you know, all the other symptoms started coming up, I thought I had to retire because it was that bad. And soon after it happened, my brain, you know, because of the concussion, it was so severe. The swelling actually choked my blood flow to mm -hmm. the pituitary. And that's why I know you know about this because yeah. what it did, it cut off all of my function of the master gland, which is the pituitary, that controls all of my other glands in my body. My right. thyroid shut down. 
So I, I, I had hypothyroidism. Uh -huh. My adrenals shut down. I had hypoadrenia. My ovaries shut down, which is totally, I lost my period. At 48, instantly, I had no more period and I ended up going into menopause. Wow. It was severe. So with all this being said, I, as a doctor, I'm, I'm trying to save myself because I'm starting to see all the repercussions of not having energy because the thyroid's gone. My mm -hmm. adrenals are slow and I can't even get up. And I had, you know, um, all kinds of symptoms. Like I was dizzy. I was peeing all the time because your adrenals are important for keeping the, the uh, water insights for water metabolism. There's a hormone called aldosterone in, a, in the adrenal glands that is produced. And it helps you with that. Of course, cortisol is gone because I had um, adrenal insufficiency. So all of these symptoms started happening and then I started losing. Um, I didn't want to move because you're all, always in pain, right? And I'm like walking around going, oh my God, what's going on here? And I don't want anyone to touch my body. Um, I ended up, I ended up uh, doing, not moving and all that. That's a big problem too because I ended up getting what's called sarcopenia, mm. age-related. So yeah, muscle mass. Muscle mass, exactly. I was losing muscle. I was becoming a skinny fat person. Mm. Now, you know what I'm talking about there, yeah, right? Can I you? do, but other people may not. Do you want to yeah. explain that? Yeah. Let me explain that. I was becoming a skinny fat person. When you have sarcopenia, when you got muscle loss because you're not able to um, exercise as well. And that's what happened to me. You know, 10% of, of our muscle mass, our body mass, I should say, is mitochondria. So I was losing my mitochondria because of the head injury. I wasn't moving as much. I was under a major fight flight state because of the injury. My gut was all whacked out. So then I'm losing muscle mass. I look skinnier, my face. I was losing all the integrity of my muscles and my face. And I was so bummed out because you know what? I, I've got like a skincare company, Purigenics. And I'm like, I can't lose my face here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because right. I'm the face of the, the company. I'm, yeah. And I'm trying everything to keep my integrity of my skin. That was going. And then, of course, uh, when you lose this muscle mass, then you gain the fat, right? I started getting a bigger belly. Like three, five, six months pregnant at times, I looked like. Because I was all mm -hmm. swollen in my abdomen because my intestinal tract and my gut microbiome was totally whacked out from the injury. It's amazing. The brain and the gut connection. You have a brain injury, but your gut is whacking out. Your gut is not working the same way anymore, right? So what ended up happening is I became a skinny fat person. I'm gaining weight around my waist. And let me tell you, I don't, I, I'm someone that's really, really um, neutral in the way. I don't gain weight, I don't lose weight. I'm pretty much even from, like I was even in the, my um, college years. I don't, I don't change much of my, I shouldn't say college, after college. College, I had that, that college freshman 10, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but right. you know what I'm saying? My majority of my adult life, I really didn't change unless I was pregnant. But you know, until I got pregnant, but other than that. So that's what I mean. I became a skinny fat person. Everything was whacked out. And you know, ultimately, what I ended up doing was I found out that I just got to dig deeper into my mitochondria. And I found that my mitochondria was shot throughout my body. And I learned on how to reboot them. And by rebooting it, I got all my functions back, my energy, my brain, because I was losing my memory like crazy. I couldn't sleep. I'd say the sleep part is the most difficult one. And, and, the number, and um, I would say that, that, that and I never got my period back. 
my amenorrhea, my menopause just continued to go. So how did you know that you had a mitochondrial problem? I mean, the endocrine symptoms when you have pituitary shutdown are pretty dramatic. How did you know and how might somebody listening who's thinking, oh, I wonder if I have mitochondrial problems, how did you know and how might they know? Right, right. The symptoms are clear cut. Mm -hmm. The biggest, biggest symptom like we all deal with around the world globally is fatigue. You know, I had severe fatigue. I, I had other problems, but if you just basically, you're, you're working, you're a mom, you're someone who's doing all kinds of fun things, but also you get tired easy at the end of the day, or you get tired after a meal, or you're finding like you go into a store and you get fatigued. All of these things cause, um, cause mitochondrial dysfunction. So what the food that you're eating, the environment that you're in, stressors that you're dealing with, they all cause fatigue. And that means your mitochondria are not working. There's impairment in the mitochondria. And a mitochondria needs oxygen and fuel mm-hmm. to produce energy. But sometimes the toxicity that you're dealing with, like I said, the environment, maybe you're drinking water that's just loaded with chlorine because you like tap water. And that's the only source of water you've been drinking for 40 years. Mm-hmm. All of those chemicals that you're exposed to are disruptors, mitochondrial disruptors. What else? You're fatigued, your muscles, and you're weak, you're physical. You're fatigued in the brain, but you could also do, be fatigued in your body, your muscle, muscle fatigue. And you don't want to do anything. You, you're basically a couch potato, and you end up uh, wanting to just sit there and veg out. That are, are some of the symptoms. Also pain and soreness. You get really sore in your body because you're not recovering. You've heard of lactic acid buildup, right, Kieran, of course? Lactic acid buildup is from the fact that you're not using oxygen to produce energy. You become anaerobic, and anaerobic means no oxygenation. And that type of metabolism is short-lived. We don't have endurance with that. That's why when you run, you know, like a little race, and it's like a 100-yard gash, you're pooped. You're like sore the next day, or even soon after you get cramps, cramping, muscle cramping is a mitochondrial dysfunction condition because you don't have the oxygen to produce energy, to make those muscles contract and relax. You have memory loss, lack of motivation. You don't want to do anything, like I said, but boy, you cannot think straight. Foggy brain is very, very common. You know, you get depressed. You don't want to do anything. And sometimes you're like, you kind of like check out. You know, we've done this many, many times. If you're like an overwhelm and you're fatigued, we have a tendency when we're in conversation, we kind of like check out and they're like, hey, where are you? Right. Mm-hmm. And then our mood changes. Yeah. yeah. Mood change. We get irritable. We get nasty. We don't want to be, but we just, we just can't handle more stress because your right. mitochondria is shot. Yeah, and I like to talk about my pyramid of success where I have my different levels that the body needs in order to heal. And these are also the reasons that we don't feel good and don't heal and have dis-ease in the body. And that foundation is hormonal balance, then toxicity, which is inflammation, and then nutritional deficiency, mental, emotional, spiritual balance is on the top. But all of those things ultimately affect the mitochondria. Mm-hmm. They affect you on the macroscopic as well as the microscopic, and that's your mitochondria. And so your mitochondrial dysfunction, and and as it's showing up, as you describe with the fatigue, 
uh, is related to all of this. So the hormones speak directly to your mitochondria and tell them how to do their kind of like your little batteries. I think they look like little alligator eggs or what I would imagine alligator eggs look like. Although I know they're, they don't have those little ridges inside, but yeah. that's kind of what they look like. Um, and so the toxicity interferes with you making that ATP, mm -hmm. which you've got to have, just like you've got to have dollars to pay your rent. You got to have ATP to contract that muscle. And then if you don't have nutrients and you're deficient in certain nutrients, and that could be just because our food is nutrient depleted. And we're going to talk about that or because you're using up your nutritional resources and your toxicity, that's gonna not give the little mighty mitos their energy source, right, to make ATP. Yep. So I just, I'm trying to want everyone to understand that exactly what you're talking about is on the microscopic. I usually talk about the macroscopic, but I love that we're getting down to the nitty gritty on a cellular level, what this looks like and, and what happens. So thank you for that. Absolutely. So you know what? You're absolutely right. This is at the cellular level. But you, what I would love everyone to remember is that what you want to do is you want to protect your mitochondria. Mm -hmm. So the environment that you're in, the stressors that you're dealing with, the food that you're eating, all of that, think about, oh, am I feeding my mitochondria? Am I feeding my mighty mitos? Am I being good to that? Good to them? Because our mito, mighty mitos are really the, the crux of the problem of all diseases, whether you've got diabetes, heart disease, blood pressure issues, headache issues, migraines, <clears throat> excuse me, um, autoimmune diseases, cancer even. These are all metabolic issues. These are all related to mitochondrial dysfunction. So if you've got stronger mitochondria and you've got the ability to produce energy and then you can detox out, even if you are exposed mm -hmm. to these chemicals, you'll be able to detox better your cells will live longer. The problem about mitochondria is that the layer, which is the outer covering, which is the cellular membrane, is, um, is also very weak. And the DNA, mitochondrial DNA, is also super, super sensitive to oxidative stress. So anything that could cause stress in your body and cause um, inflammation and, and cause oxidative um, species, which that means is that you're literally causing more damage to your cells because you're exposed to everything. I mean, people don't realize even eating too much food, that actually affects your mitochondria. Overeating, um, overexercising, having too much gas in your belly. Did you know that gas, that can cause mitochondrial dysfunction? So explain all these things, because how does, you said overeating, overexercising, gas in your belly, how does this affect your mitochondria? Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So what happens is when you eat, overeat, you know, there's only so much our body has enzymes to be able to digest and break down the food. Right. And that's part of the reason why I tell everyone, you got to chew your food really well because we need help in the, inside the gut. If you break it down already in the mouth through mastication, then going down into your stomach and small intestine, it'll be a lot easier for you to digest. And breaking down and digestion is key to optimization of getting all the nutrients to feed your cells, to rejuvenate, to heal your body if you've been under a lot of mm -hmm. exercise, strain, whatever, and which all happens, of course, during our sleep. Well, if you overeat, then undigested food goes down deeper into the small and large intestine. And like a lot of people in this country who've got 
SIBO or SIBO, small mm -hmm. intestinal bacterial overgrowth, yeah. or dysbiosis. There's a lot of bad bugs and there's just not a good microbiome, healthy balance of your flora. Then you produce a lot of gas and bloating, inflammation, and possibly even leaky gut. Right. Leaky gut is a condition when, when there's a great deal of bad bugs such or overgrowth of bacteria. And, you know, we all have billions of trillions of bacteria in our gut. In fact, 10 times more than our regular cells. So we've got to feed our gut properly. And there's also often candida and yeast overgrowth in the gut. Those excess bacteria and the yeast overgrowth can actually trigger toxicity, which then causes leaky gut. And when you've got leaky gut, then all those gaps that are tight open up and then undigested food goes into your bloodstream. And then within the bloodstream, your immune system knows, it's not stupid, it knows something's going on. Hey, I've got foreign stuff in here. I've got food allergens here. I've got um, different types of bug products and bug poop in here. I've got yeah. to make sure, right? I've got to make sure to protect our body and it's doing its work causing a, a total amount of inflammatory reactions. And then it can cause all sorts of autoimmune, eczema, allergies in the skin, asthma. You can have brain fog because some of the poisons that come in are called lip, um, LPSs, lipopolysaccharides, coming from the bug, the, literally the outer covering of the dead bugs going into your bloodstream, goes to your brain, causes brain, leaky brain, right? Leaky brain. And we leaky know what brain. leaky brain. Yeah. Leaky brain is basically you're damaging that membrane, the blood brain barrier that is so important to prevent all the junk to go into the brain that can cause all these other symptoms. I mean, we know nowadays Alzheimer's is like the fastest growing disease, right? And um, dementia. And as I get older, I don't want to be demented. I want my brain. So it's key. So eating too much will cause that. If you overwork out, when you overwork out, we talked a little bit about lactic acid buildup. Right, right. Lactic acid buildup, it's an acid. It causes damage to your tissues and your muscles. That's why you're sore. Sore means you're breaking it down. You're That's causing right. inflammation. So then mitochondria end up dying because again, you're causing damage. So, so um, overworking out, and that's people have done overworkouts, and you know what their first symptom is, is that they get post-exercise fatigue. Right. You don't want to work out. I mean, you you you're so tired. It takes you days days to recover. Right. And so, yes, thank you for breaking that down, all the different ways that we hurt our mighty mitos. And we do when you eat, you do want to think about that you're feeding them. They're, they're like hungry little, uh, what was that movie where they, the, the plant says, uh, feed me, you know, they, <laughs> they want to be fed. And so what are some good foods, what types of foods affect mitochondrial function and what are good foods to consume to help your mighty mitos be healthy? Absolutely. So food is, I believe, your medicine for sure. Because guess what? It can be your poison too. Yeah. It can be your poison. And everyone is super unique. I want your audience to know that you've got to figure out what's right for you, for what's right for you. But as a, a physician that I've been in practice for 30 years, I've had a huge amount of experience of what foods are good and what foods are not good. 
And I put that in my Mighty Mighty book, you know? So all the things that I went through, I figure it out, wow, you know what? I've got to, I've got to talk about this. But mm-hmm. you know what? Ultimately, the foods that I found that's going to be the most offending, most inflammatory, and, and most of the ones that um, create mitochondrial dysfunction or impairment, it's actually the ones that everyone talks about. Gluten, gluten grains, sugar, dairy, and the one that thing that people don't talk about that I talk about a lot mm-hmm. is alcohol. Yeah. Let's talk about that. <laughs> Let me tell you. I know everyone knows about those top three that I talk about, but alcohol, it is a mitochondrial poison. Where, does, where is alcohol made? Alcohol is made from fruit fermentation or rice or, or right, like sake or grains, hops and stuff, ferment, fermenting in a specific way with Yeast. yeast, right? It's a yeast fungal fermentation. It is not bacterial. Mm-hmm. It's yeast. And when the yeast happens, then you get what's called alcohol. Alcohol is uh, the uh, ethanol is another word, but what that is, is a mycotoxin from the fermentation. Fungi produces alcohol, right? So if that occurs, then alcohol, you know, alcohol also is very, very high. Well, I should say high but it's definitely almost double the amount of calories to regular sugar. Mm-hmm. Sugar is four, four um, calories. Well, alcohol seven. So not only do you pump up more sugar into your body because alcohol is a sugar, sugar, but you're also mm-hmm. um, pumping in toxins and that alcohol is the fastest way to disrupt your gut lining. Wow. I can't tell you right. within a, one to two drinks, you're already creating permeability issues and leaky gut. Yeah, and this is something I talk to people about all the time. And I, I think that sometimes as a culture, we want to justify whatever we enjoy. And a lot of us self-medicate with alcohol. I used to self-medicate with red wine every day when I did practice OBGYN when I would come home. And so anything that you would tell me against alcohol, I would uh, deny. And I was fixated on that study that said, well, two glasses of red wine a day was good for heart health, which is, I find a lot of people do, but nobody says, well, what it's doing to your liver, what it's doing to your gut, what it's doing to your cellular function and your mitochondria, and it's killing them. And so you, you really cannot be optimally healthy and drink every single day. That's absolutely correct, Kieran. I'm telling you that uh, the, if you can change and figure out why is it that you want to drink really for you karen it was about relaxing so that after a full day at work you're relaxing this is what everyone gives me the same information you know most people um they're not true alcoholics they do it to alter their state so that they can go to sleep and calm down and be okay with their family right but if you can find out what was the root, what's the root cause, you know, and, and then you work on that, whether it's through exercise, meditation, Mm -hmm. therapy, um, you know, hanging out with your kids, getting a dog. I mean, it's amazing what a dog can do to calm you down. You know, if you can do that, you will be able to shift and not have that. I have helped thousands. I mean, I can't tell you how many men and women I've helped get off of alcohol. They can have it over the weekend. You know, I'm someone I never drink during the week and I don't even drink very much. I I really don't. Maybe once every two to three weeks. I I just don't because 
I don't want it to affect my activity. You know, it will affect your health, your sleeping, your mood. It will affect your gut. And then, of course, it'll whack out your mitochondria. So all of that. One of the other things that I also say about food, of course, I said that it could be poisons. Let's talk about something that's like a medicine, and it's kimchi. Yes, let's talk about that. Kimchi is an iconic, traditional iconic food from Korea, where I'm from. And I was born there, and I lived there until I was 12. So kimchi has been in my life for since, you know, literally since I was like, I can have uh, food. Because I remember having like the kimchi juice at one years old, you know, having that. I love Mm -hmm. kimchi. And what kimchi is, it's really a fermented food that you can have daily and that will help in, in improve your mitochondrial function, reduce inflammation, and get that energy back in your body. You know, I, I right. love talking about kimchi because the kimchi, kimchi mm-hmm. signs of kimchi, kimchiology is ridiculous. Yeah. People well, probably never heard of that. <laughs> but well, let me tell everybody because congratulations, Dr. Suzanne, today on the release of your new book. And all about the kimchi diet. It's a beautiful book that's packed full of the science, thousands of years of science of kimchi and the health benefits from kimchi, which is a bacterially fermented food, not fermented with fungi like alcohol. And what I love about this diet is most diets are deprivation diets and take things away. You can't eat this, you can't eat that. That's the first thing that we all think when we hear diet, what What am I not gonna be able to eat on this diet and am I gonna be willing to do that? So whether you eat paleo or Mediterranean or you're vegan or you're pescatarian or whatever kind of diet you eat, with this kimchi diet, all you're doing is adding something. Who doesn't want to add something to their diet, right? I always said, and even when back when I was getting healthy, that it's I, it's so much easier to add something to your life than take things away. And this is it's never more true than now. So you're adding something every day to your to your regimen that's going to add health, and the science backs this up, help you improve gastrointestinal health improve your caloric regimen so that you're actually losing weight if you change nothing else. And I don't know of any other food that you could singularly add to your regimen, no matter what it is that would cause you to lose weight. So bravo on bringing this to everyone's attention. Thank you, Dr. Kieran. Thank you so much for saying all that because I was just, when I learned about the real truth about kimchi. Like I said, I ate kimchi my whole life. But when I went to Korea, uh, when my son graduated high school before college, we all went. For the first time, I went back after I left at 12. I went back when I was 50 years old. And my goodness, I was flabbergasted by what people were eating in Korea. They eat, because the Western world just moved in, you know, in the 60s when I was there. And um, that was after the the Korean War and all that. Mm -hmm. Then slowly but surely, everything that we've got on our block here uh, at our corner, you know, the McDonald's, the Subways, you know, I'm talking about everything, Burger King, pizza parlors, every one of them are in in the cities in Korea. So- I'm looking and wondering, wow, these people are eating so much food. They're eating huge amount of calories, not 15, 2000 calories, 
3,000, 5,000, probably even more per wow. one sitting. Wow. Per one sitting. Like and what Americans do. That's, hello, <laughs> that's exactly it. That's exactly it. And so then I started looking and observing during my, my trip, I was taking pictures of people eating, <laughs> videos of people eating because I just couldn't believe it. And I found out something that was super unique at the end of the, the vacation time was that everyone had kimchi. Everyone was eating kimchi next to that, putting kimchi on the pizza, in their tacos, in their burgers, all of this. Kimchi was always there. So I was like, oh my God, you know, ding, ding, ding. I had it in my brain thinking, this is crazy. So I started doing the research. Yeah. And there, I, I couldn't believe how many hundreds and hundreds of scientific research. They all come from Korea, of course. There's actually a place called Wikim, World Institute of Kimchi in Korea. Mm -hmm. And I ended up doing a research trip last year just for this book, The Kimchi Diet, uh -huh. a research trip so that I can figure out, oh my God, I'm going to learn some more about this stuff so that I got to add it to, to my book. And right. what ended up happening was that I developed over the years, so when I, that was, when I was 50 years old, I came back and I started really digging deep into kimchi and how can I, it helped me. Mm -hmm. Remember I was still having, you know, I, I had a, helped a lot of my, um, all, I reversed everything I was telling you from the mitochondrial problem mm -hmm. at 48 um, over time that, that year. But, but when I started adding more kimchi, you know, I would eat kimchi probably back then. I ate kimchi a little bit, maybe one serving um, every other day kind of a thing. Well, geez, I started eating it every day at 50. And since then, I eat probably about half of a cup a day. The amount of billions of lactic acid bacteria. This is the unique part about kimchi. Mm -hmm. There's lactic acid bacteria, all the probiotics that you're craving for that your gut wants to help with keeping a more, more diversity in your gut, meaning you, you shift. It's what's interesting is when you eat the lactic acid bacteria and kimchi, there's only the, the main ones or there's three only, mm -hmm. but there, you can find 900 over 2000 even different right. species, but they're mainly leuconostoc, lacto, lactobacillus mm -hmm. and the Wysela. These are the only three that's mainly in kimchi. Mm -hmm. But what's interesting is when you eat that, it creates a biome, a, a, a colony of different types of bacteria that other bacteria come up and bad ones go down. The good ones come up. Right. And well, then it also has prebiotics because it has a lot of fiber because it's made from vegetables. So that's going to feed all. Good point. Your, Absolutely. Your microbiome. That's I want right. to yeah. back up for a second because sure. To me, I grew up in New York City and my dad ate kimchi and gave it to us regularly. So it's very acceptable to me and very familiar to me. But I imagine there's some people listening who are going, Kim, what? They don't even know really what we're talking about. And so the idea of adding something that they don't even know what it is and that's very foreign prop might be a little confusing and scary to them. So I just want to get into talking a little bit about what it is. And I'll just say briefly, and Suzanne has wonderful recipes in the book. And I've never made kimchi, but I'm very excited to try my first batch. So I'm gonna do that. But basically it's taking vegetables and putting it through a fermenting process yourself. And you're gonna tell us how to do that. 
and um, and usually with spices and it tastes delicious. And so even if you don't like plain old vegetables, which I find that when vegetable vegetables are cooked properly, I've never seen somebody that didn't like them. What we don't like are bland green beans that are boiled in water for you know, three times as long as they're supposed to be boiled. So they have no flavor and no texture and they just fall apart in your mouth. And, you know, I'm here in the South and we're used to ham hocks and seasoning things with uh, foods that aren't necessarily in our best interest, like I like to say. But there's so many other flavors and ways of flavoring foods and cooking vegetables. And this is a way of actually keeping vegetables raw and, and, processing them in a way that's healthy. I know I always say processed foods are not healthy. This would be an exception. This is healthy. Right. So um, these are very flav flavorful little bites. It may be made with Napa cabbage or maybe made with radish. And it generally has some type of a red sauce on it that's very flavorful and you can adjust the spiciness to your own taste. But I love it and, um, and find that when I've introduced people to it, they love it too. So I just wanted to give everyone kind of a context of what we're talking about exactly. It's pretty simple. Some people will call uh, cultured vegetables. Have you heard it called that? Oh, of course. Cultured vegetables, unpasteurized vegetables, mm -hmm. um, raw vegetables, raw, it's it, on the bottle, it's called raw. And then um, there's also, it's always found in the refrigerated section. Yeah, you found sauerkraut. Now, sauerkraut yeah. is the European version of kimchi. But you found sauerkraut in the bottle in the middle of the aisle. It's not refrigerated, which means it's been pasteurized and there's no, no value of the bacteria. But when it's either kimchi or um, any forms of fermented foods, you know, there's many, many different kinds. And I'm talking about there's yogurts and kefirs and um, sauerkrauts and all that. But I, I am finding the superfood out of all of them that has the huge amount of power is in kimchi because of what it is. You mentioned so well about prebiotics and there's antioxidants. So Kimchi yeah. is a way of making it. I tell everyone, if I can get you to, if you have sea salt, garlic, ginger, and then the vegetable that you want to brine, and I'm talking about everyone in the world. It's mm. not just about here in America. You can be in the jungles in the South American Amazon, and you find me a vegetable, but you've got those three other ingredients, I'll be able to help you make kimchi. The other ingredients we talked about, which yeah. you said, you know, the redness, it's actually right. red pepper, red right. pepper powder, but that's not found everywhere, you okay. know, but you don't need to. You can have what, what's called non-spicy or white kimchi. You don't have to. Like I said, those are the three ingredients, including the brine vegetable, and brining is just an, a way of salting and let it sit there for a certain amount of time, because what do brining do? What, what does brining do? It get, kills the bad bacteria, mm. fungi, viruses, and then it allows the lactic acid bacteria to grow. Lactic acid bacteria, the unique part of it is it loves salt. And salting and brining is gold. It's key to making your kimchi properly. And, and same thing with sauerkraut or, or some other vegetable that you want to can. Um, there's a difference though, you know, canning and preserving, I shouldn't say canning. Um, canning and preserving, mm -hmm. you actually do it with cooked vegetables. Right. Right? That means you kill off all the bugs. 
But when it comes to raw vegetables and you're making fermented food, you don't need any fire. You don't need any gas. You don't need any type of electricity to make kimchi. So I have all those ingredients in my kitchen. Oh, and so I'm going to, including some beautiful radishes, and I'm going to make my first batch with the radishes because it sounds really easy. And I guess in my head, I have always made it complicated. And so I always bought it in the store, but I know you say that's a no-no. Why is that? Well, the reason why I recommend people to do it, you know, in the book is because I want you to eat, make your own kimchi for yourself so that you don't have chemicals, MSG, sugar in it, um, excess amounts of even water. You know, you can, if you use um, purified water, it's healthier for you than the tap water mm -hmm. because tap water has chlorine in it and chlorine can kill bugs. We don't want to, um, you know, ruin the process of lactic acid bacteria growth. So kimchi is super, super easy. As long as you understand the brining is, it is, takes a little bit longer for you to brine only because you got to let it sit there. You just salt the veggie and let it sit there, cover it up for a, an hour, two hours, sometimes three to four, depending on type of vegetable that you're going to brine. Like radish that you said, you radish. Radish is hard, right? right? The idea is to brine it so that the juices of the, of the vegetable come out. And when the juices, I'm talking about the water, Right, the water comes out. Water comes out. So then the actual radish, it takes time because it's kind of a, in a hard vegetable. The harder the vegetable, the, the um, um, slower it is to get the water out. And then, of course, you get a crunchiness. It's so crunchy. And um, how do I say? It's the texture changes when you are brining. Yeah. And yeah. then after you brine, all you do in my recipe, I just give you, these are the, these are the ingredients. Just prepare that. And then that's, there's, you know, four steps to making kimchi. Right. Brining, we just talked about. Right. You just prepare the veggies and get all your ingredients together and make a paste. And then number three, you add it to the brined vegetable. That's it. You just add it and mix it. And then four, you put it in a glass container. Uh -huh. That's that's all you need. You can use mayonnaise jars, mayo jars. Yeah. I repurpose all my jars. I have so much because I, I make a lot. I have a kimchi refrigerator in my garage. I a must special have, kimchi refrigerator. I love it. I have about then, 20 different kimchis in there right now in different phases. And how long does it take then to make it? So when, when, when you're preparing, mm -hmm. so you got the couple of hours, let's say, to brine, and you're preparing, the preparation, I can, I can do it in 15 minutes. Right. But then and how then many you, days until... Oh, I see. Sorry, the fermentation. Yeah. So once you have it, every kimchi, depending on the type... You can ferment it at different times. And I'm someone that always tries it before I eat it, like before I, I put it in the bottle. And then one day, 24 hours a day later, you try it. Because you want to know, mm, do I need more time outside? By the way, you need to ferment it in room temperature. Mm. We all live in different places in the world in different temperatures. So different temperatures means it's going to ferment slower or faster. When it's really hot in the summer, wow, it may be 24 hours is plenty. In the wintertime, you may, you may need 48 hours. Some type of kimchi, like radish kimchi like you like, you might need um, uh, 72 hours. It all depends on temperature, the amount of fermentation, okay. the amount of brining, the type of vegetable you've got, how much have you salted. Some people don't want to salt it as much. I like salty kimchi, but some mm. people don't want. So then if you salt, don't salt it enough, it would, actu it would actually become 
uh, fermented faster. And now for um, everyone listening, we're not talking about table salt that's oh, thank sodium you. and bleached and has toxins in it and it's sodium and hypertensives need to stay away from. We're talking about sea salt, which is potassium, which hypertensives actually are typically deficient in, contrary to popular belief, and need more of. So that's exactly true. Did you know that there are studies done with kimchi and hypertension? They oh, wonderful. Tell us about that. Yes, absolutely. The studies show that they thought that that was a big problem because you know what? Hypertension is a global issue. And, but they found that the ingredients, the nutrients that are in solar sea salt, solar sea salt is basically salt that's been dried outside. I use a Korean, but you can use kosher sea salt or Celtic sea salt, they work too. But make sure it's white in color. You don't want the grayish one because it changes the color of the kimchi. Mm -hmm. So um, they found, the study show is that the scientists found that because of the nutrients, potassium mm -hmm. and all the good minerals in solar sea salt, and the sodium level is like much lower. If you use Himalayan, it's like 95%, you know? And of course, regular iodized is super 100% um, yeah. sodium chloride. But, um, and by the way, iodized is not good for you. Yeah, we don't want that. excess levels of iodine that can cause thyroid issues. But if you use uh, solar sea salt, and then um, they found out that the, the uh, blood pressure never changed in people who ate kimchi regularly every day. The hypertension did not, was not a stimulator or trigger for higher levels of diastolic um, or systolic blood pressure. You know what? There's so much more. You know, I didn't go really deep into the health issues, but right. I'll tell you what. The um, metabolic syndrome, overweight issues, your triglycerides, your lipid levels, mm -hmm. I'm talking about bad cholesterols, levels go down, your waist to hip ratio also help uh, normalizes. You change that microbiome from a fat person to a skinny person. Mm -hmm. That's the crazy thing. The yeah. firmicutes, bacteroides, the ratio yeah. changes, and you end up becoming your your stool becomes skinnier, you know, skinny person stool and skinny person stool. But but and then you get a skinny body, and then you lose the fat around your waist and, it, and it's incredible. You also, they found for cardiovascular disease, it um, minimizes uh, atherosclerosis. It also helps with diabetes. They found that it controls insulin resensitivity mm -hmm. so that you can actually have, um, it lowers your blood sugar level. Allergies, if you've got asthma, rhinitis, skin allergies, that goes down. Huge, huge studies on eczema in Korea right now. They found yeah. that. Go ahead. I mean, I love this. I so mean, it's really, I hate to say it, but it's a panacea for every disease because it improves gut health. Improve, that's so right. Of course. Food, inexpensive that you make in your kitchen. I mean, it's. it's that's happy. exactly it. Right. You are doing this, I mean, to really enhance your life. And just to let you know, this one side dish, you don't have to eat a lot. So in the book I talk about, we're going to seed it slowly. There's four phases in the book, in the kimchi diet. Yeah. Four phases because not everyone can immediately eat Napa cabbage. You've been eating it all your life, Dr. Kieran, right? You were saying you've had it since you were young, but most people have not had kimchi. So going out and eating the commercial um, kimchi with the cabbage or at the restaurant 
which they all have the cabbage type, which uh, the Napa cabbage kimchi, that can cause a lot of bloating and gurgling because there's a lot of what's called fermentable carbohydrates, a prebiotic or the FODMAP food is in there. And it um, creates a lot of, of, how do I say, a little war going on in your gut. when a you start gas to war. <laughs> exactly, a gas right. war. You get very gassy. So a lot of people say, I can't eat kimchi. I can't eat kimchi because it gives me gas and I look like I'm six months pregnant. I, I'm, I have to tell them it's because you're eating the wrong type of kimchi. The best type of kimchi to start with is cucumber kimchi. And that's phase one. Then I go ahead, go into the next phase, a different form. And I usually say either bok choy or mustard. Then the next one, the next one. And as you're making the different kinds of kimchi, every two weeks, you're inoculating, you're seeding good bacteria little by little. So then I actually have a kimchi detox program that everyone also will be able to um, have the opportunity to get into. And that kimchi detox program, I literally share with you every two weeks, we're going to make a new kimchi together. And I'm going to give you which what to do. I show you exactly what to do in all the videos. But we are inoculating, cleaning out, detoxifying, cleansing out the bad and putting in the good. And that's where you're going to revive your gut. And, and get lean and right. live longer. And, and reviving your gut, it's the center of your body physically. It's the center of your health, literally, figuratively. And so, Dr. Suzanne, I'm so excited about the kimchi diet. We're going to have a link in the show notes where people can click, go right away and get their copy. You definitely want to get this if you're listening, because whatever phase of health you're in, in whatever you type of diet you are eating, as we said before, this is a simple addition, simple, low cost addition to your diet that will improve your health dramatically. And as you heard her laying out all the studies that have shown the health benefits, she has even more in the book. That's one of the reasons why I was so impressed uh, with this work. Uh, so it's definitely something that you want to do. And she is going to be having a guided detox program also if you're interested in that. And um, will you have more information on that on your website also or in the book? Oh, so with the detox, you know, when you go ahead and get the book um, online, you're going to find that it's going to go to the thank you page where I'm going to offer you, and this is the only time I'll offer you the detox program. And there in the detox program, I'm going to give you an eight-week program and every, um, you get you get all sorts of all the videos on how to make my recipes, but all also all the tips and tricks that I give you that I don't put in the book because I can't put everything in the book. Right. And all these tips and tricks. And also every two weeks you get a live Q and A with me. You can ask any of your burning kimchi questions every two weeks. So I answer it so that I hold your hand all the way through. And by the end of, of the eight weeks that we are together, you will be a kimchi connoisseur. And you're going to change not only your life, but your children's life and even your future generations. Because what when you change your microbiome in your gut and it becomes healthier, then you're, for women, our vagina changes, right? Our microbiome. Our veggie biome. I call it the veggie biome. <laughs> There you go. I love it. Your veggie. That's the first time I've ever heard this. I love that. Veggie biome. The veggie biome changes. Right. Which then when you deliver your babe out of your, your birth canal and that first inoculation, that native flora that your baby is supposed to have. Yes. Right? Not a vaccine. I'm talking about native flora. 
That's the first inoculation that's going to change their life because it will change the epigenetics and turn off the bad genes and turn on the good ones. This is, this is genetically changing the future. So I will have the link to the book. You'll get more information there if you're interested in the detox and with the live Q&A and everything that Dr. Suzanne has to offer. And I usually ask guests at this point, what would be the top three take action steps? But I would be, would it be safe to say it's get the book and make some cucumber kimchi (laughs) and then join the detox program? (laughs) Yes. Oh, there's no doubt that, you know what, just take one step which is read up on what kimchi can do for you. And then you can make it yourself. I mean, it's so easy. And once you do it once, everything's a no brainer. You know? And you, you don't even need to use my recipes 100%. You can add whatever you want. I know you're gonna make a big difference. And if you want to go deeper, of course, I'm gonna be right there for you. I right. want you guys to do this. And I, my, my goal is to become the kimchi ambassador of the world. I want everyone to be able to make kimchi wherever you are, yeah. wherever you live. <laughs> I love it. It's the kimchi revolution. Yes, Dr. Kieran. And you're right there with me. Right. I so yes. appreciate I so appreciate you, you inviting me here. I appreciate you. And the name of the podcast is Her Brilliant Health Radio. I'd love it if you could share with everyone what you so embody. What is Absolutely. I sure will. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Karen. What does Her Brilliant Health mean to you? Her Brilliant Health is really giving yourself a chance to know what you can do and grab the potential. Do everything you can to become the very best of who you are. We all have it. We all have it. We have all the resources and you have it within you to be able to make that choice. It's all about action. Creating action is what creates brilliance in your life. Brilliant mind, brilliant body, a brilliant inside. Everything starts from action and your first step, what you can do. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for writing this book and for bringing this to the world. I really do think it's revolutionary. And I hope that everyone listening will start and try today simply with cucumber kimchi. Give yourself a 30-day challenge and just have some every day and watch what happens. Uh, It's it's pretty amazing stuff. So thank you so much, Dr. Suzanne, for being with me. And thank you for this wonderful work. Thank you so much, Dr. Kieran. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Her Brilliant Health Radio. Hopefully you're inspired to take action on some new information you received today. A step towards the bountiful, blissful, beautiful vitality that you deserve. If you have health topics and questions you'd like addressed, please message me on my Facebook page or visit KieranDunstonMD.com and let me know. I'd love to help. Remember to share this podcast on social media and send it to your friends and family who could benefit from it too. If you love the show, please go right now to iTunes, write a review, and make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you'll be the first to know when future episodes are available. Thank you again for joining me. And remember, achieving optimal health isn't magic, it's science.